morning. It's good to see you all here uh, in person for Sunday school. How, how long has it been? I don't know. 17 months since we were in person for Sunday school. Uh, it's good to see you all. It's good to be here. Um, and we'll probably have some more uh, coming in as we go on. That's normally how that goes anyway, right? Everybody, yeah. Even for Zoom, even for Zoom, nine, 9.35 or so, we get started. Hey, let me pray, and, uh, and we'll get rolling this morning. Uh, gracious Lord and God, thank you so much that uh, you continue to provide a place for us to meet. Uh, we thank you for this space. Um, Lord, as we gather uh, for what feels like coming home in a way, would you bless us? Would you help us to hear you, uh, hear your word, and learn from you? And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week is our last week of our summer series on the fruit of the Spirit, and the last couple of weeks we've been looking at the means of grace. Uh, so we're just going to start with some review, uh, just to kind of review what we've done this whole summer, uh, and then we'll review the means of grace we've looked at, and then we'll uh, jump into what we're doing this morning. So first, fruit of the Spirit, who can name the fruit of the Spirit? Does anyone have the verse memorized? Jenny. Nailed it. Well done. Well done. Yes, we can give her, we can give her a round of applause on that. That's wonderful. Uh, so just as a way of re review, I want to hear from you all. So this is, this is a morning we can discuss. I know we're not on Zoom and we don't have the safety of being hidden behind a screen and being able to hit mute. Uh, so, so don't be shy. I want to hear from you guys. Um, what are some things that have stuck out to you this summer? Broad, open-ended question as we look all the way back uh, to love that, uh, so John, I may call on you, and if you can recall what you taught on love, uh, and then going on through. We don't have to start with that. I'm not trying to put you on the spot just yet. Um, but what stood out to you? Yeah, Dave. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, each uh, person that's teaching, they have a different... Uh, take on things, a different uh, points of interest, comes up with a different vibe, absolutely. What else? Yeah, Lizzie. Right. Yeah, we need the spirit for the fruit of the spirit makes sense. So there's a, there's a question then. Uh, how, how much of it is the spirit and how much of it is us? Right? What do you think? You had to put a percentage on it. Yeah, Dave. Sure, yeah, we can, we can certainly recognize it, and I think those that, that don't have the spirit or, or haven't been saved can certainly recognize these traits in people. Um, and so who are they recognizing then? That's, I guess, another way to ask the question then. Is it 50% us, 50% the spirit, 0% us, 100% the spirit, vice versa? What's the, what's the percentage? If you had to put a percentage on it. Bill, you're shaking your head. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. It's, uh, we're not passive in this, right? We're certainly active. 
in our own sanctification and our own growing in the Spirit. So we can't just say, oh, I'm going to let the Spirit take care of that. No, we have to take responsibility. But it is also 100% the Spirit working in us, absolutely. Uh, I don't want to cut this off too quickly. What else stood out to, to you about this summer that you recall, looking back for several weeks now? Yeah, Bill. What's the difference then? I'll pose this to everyone. I won't keep putting you on the spot, but what's the difference? Yeah, Dave. Californians are nice but not kind. New Englanders kind but not nice. I, I'm going to use that one. I'm going to hang. I'm going to. I'm going to hang on to that one. I like that one. Um, we have some Californians in here, so just be aware of that too. Um, okay, so as we've as we looked at the the fruit of the spirit this summer, uh, the last couple of weeks we've also looked at some tools that God's given us that we can uh, grow more in the spirit. We can grow more in our faith, our walk with the Lord. What are the the two tools that we've looked at so far? Frank, you can't answer, <laughs> and Landon's not here either, so he can't answer. <laughs> what are the two we've looked at? Last two weeks at Sunday school. Prayer, yeah. Scripture, yeah, those are the two. Uh, so this morning we're going to look at, uh, at the third. We're going to look at uh, the sacraments. Uh, so when I say sacrament then, what comes to mind? What do you think of when you hear the word sacrament? Baptism, yeah. What else? The Lord's Supper, those are the two. Are there any others? <laughs> no, uh, the Catholics say that there are seven, but we only we only say that there are two. So what else? Before we get into that, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, before we get too far into that, what else comes to mind when you hear sacrament? Not just the two that there are, but what what do you think of? What what is a sacrament? Yeah. That's one of the big key points, instituted by God. So where do we see Jesus institute baptism? <laughs> at, his, at his own baptism, he also preaches, uh, you know, repent and believe, repent and be baptized. Uh, and also, there's one other time I'm thinking of. Matthew 28, Great Commission, absolutely. Go into all the world and baptize. All right, and does anybody know the chapters, the main chapters where we find the words of institution for the Lord's Supper? Trivia question. We read them every week. Mark 14 or, yep, that's right. It's not 15, right book. <laughs> it's 11. It's 11, right. First Corinthians 11. Um, Okay, so instituted by God, we see them in scripture there, instituted that way. Uh, what else comes to mind when you think of a covenant? What are some other key points of what a sacrament is or does or what do we think of when we see them? Yeah, Tim. Yeah. 
Yep, totally, it's set apart. Uh, do you wanna talk about that more? We can get into, I have some thoughts on that later, but what does it mean that they themselves are set apart, the sacraments, or uh, those who perform them, or those who do them, or? <laughs> Good, yes. Yeah, there is a, there is a setting apart there's a, a marking, a sign to it, right? A sign that sets people apart. Yes. That's not fair, right? Yeah, just just last week. It's not fair. Uh, it's also not fair because I had to teach it too, so I know what they're what they're doing. Yes. Um, so maybe not our our uh, officer candidates, but. Um, so who else? What, uh, what else comes to mind? When you, when you come to the table each week or you, you are sitting and in, in the, in the elements are being passed, what's going through your mind? What, what do you think of as a, as a sacrament? What's happening at that moment? This do in remembrance of me, right? Absolutely, yeah. But Ronnie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's giving us grace by His Spirit. Absolutely, yeah. He's he is supernaturally meeting us there. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, and so we've we've hit some of the some key points. It's a it's a sign. It's a uh, a signal. A, a a marking. Right. We know that's what baptism is. That it's it's you're being marked and set apart as as a part of this covenant community. Right. And it's also uh, a seal. We use this language. Can anyone turn to Romans four, verse eleven? Whoever, whoever gets there first can just, just start reading. Absolutely, thank you. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal, all right? So we have these, these two words, signs and seals, right? So when we come to think of sacraments, that's kind of the language that we end up using there. Signs and seals of, uh, as, as Frank just read, that was uh, in Romans, the recounting of the covenant of circumcision in the Old Testament with Abraham. But uh, the sacraments, signs and seals of the covenant of grace. Now, before we get too far along, what's the covenant of grace? Talk about this. I know we've you, we use these terms. We talk about it. What's the covenant of of grace? Right. Yeah, Kathy. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's um, it's God's covenant to bring redemption to His people. Right, uh, perhaps not getting so specific. You're absolutely right. That's the gospel, right? That we are saved by grace through faith, uh, through Jesus' work on the cross. Absolutely. 
Um, but to talk about the, the covenant of grace, it's, uh, it's God's covenant uh, with Christ um, and that and we're united to him through that and we're saved through him, through this covenant. Uh, and it's his, uh, there's the covenant of works that it gets made with Adam. Adam fails and sins and, and the fall happens. And then the covenant of grace through Christ is how we're, we're redeemed that way. Kathy, I saw your hand. Yeah, absolutely. Getting something we don't deserve, that covenant, gra- covenant of grace, we absolutely don't deserve it. We are sinners in need of a savior. Yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> it is. It is. It is uh, humbling and moving to think that uh, this was the plan, right? This was God's plan for us, that he would give us what we don't deserve, that he would send his son to die on the cross for us, to call us to himself, uh, that we might be given, be imputed with, with Christ's righteousness. Uh, and yeah, it should absolutely floor us that way and so when we come then to the sacraments like that's what we're remembering right that's what uh, they're doing it's these these sacraments are representing Christ to us in that way representing the benefits that we get from that his his uh, yeah Kathy Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we would understand that there, there are two covenants, right? There's the covenant of works with Adam, don't eat of the tree, right? Um, but then the covenant of grace is how God reveals himself, how he establishes relationship with his people and with, with Abraham and, uh, and Moses and David. We see different administrations, different uh, revelations of who God is and how he relates to his people with the new covenant in Christ. That's um, like the final, we'd call it administration of the covenant of grace. He is, uh, they're all working together to reveal who God is, what we're supposed to know about him, how we can relate to him with that full revelation coming in Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, And so, yes, so that's when we say that these are signs and seals of the covenant of grace. We're talking about uh, the promises and the benefits that that we get by being part of this covenant of grace, by being united to Christ, right? So there's, there's this vertical relationship, right? There's also a, a horizontal relationship too, right? So what, what happens at, at baptism, right? Are we, is it just a vertical relationship or what happens when someone's baptized?
there, there certainly is a baptism of the Spirit, and that's uh, when, when the Spirit would become indwelt in us at that point. Um, so, so yes, so you're right. Um, baptism, the action of putting water to a person isn't what saves someone, but uh, it's a command that we're to do. We ought to do it. Um, but part of it, too, is uh, we're joining the church. We're becoming part of the, the visible church, right? Uh, and so when we're actually going to have a baptism uh, this morning, which is exciting, and uh, it's Elizabeth Hagen, Rashida Hagen, she's not Rashida Hagen, but uh, so Elizabeth Hagen today is going to become a, a member of our church. She is non-communing, but she's, she's entitled to the benefits of, of teaching and of, of fellowship with one another and being part of the church. That's absolutely what's going to happen, yeah. Uh, Steve. having things in common, too, and what is the thing that we all have in common, despite all of our different backgrounds and ages and cultures, what's the one thing we have in common? Christ and what he's done for us, right? That's what binds us together. That's what unites us uh, together. Uh, and as we're reading through scripture, as we, we studied scripture a couple of weeks ago, um, as we're reading through scripture and we start thinking about the sacraments and where we see them in scripture, sometimes it can be uh, a bit interesting when we read about baptism, when we read about the Lord's Supper uh, in scripture. So I'm going to read uh, from 1 Peter chapter 3. You can turn there if you like, but I'm going to stop at a very specific point. Um, so 1 Peter 3, 18 uh, through 21. All right. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey. When God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. All right, now, I just said a few minutes ago, baptism isn't what saves you. Do we... Right? So what do we do with this? And, uh, and I stopped at a very specific point. So if you open your, your Bible, you know that that verse goes on. Um, but when we come to the sacraments and, and baptism and the Lord's Supper, when we read through Scripture, we see them use baptism uh, sometimes when they mean salvation. And sometimes they'll use the body and blood of Christ uh, when they mean the sacrament. Or they'll talk about breaking bread and they mean... Uh, what Christ has done for us, our sanctification, and things like that. Uh, and what, what our confession says, that there's a difference between the sign and the thing signified. All right, so when you come to a stop sign, is that stop sign the stop? 
right? You tracking with me? No, the stop is when your car ceases moving at the line that's on the street right there, right? But the sign is pointing to the reality of what should happen at that point. You tracking with me? There's a difference between the sign and the thing signified. And so sometimes when we get to scripture, we see that uh, the names of one, so baptism or salvation, are used to mean the other, right? So baptism, which now, uh, which corresponds to this, now saves you, but that verse goes on, not as a removal of dirt from the body, because that's what baptism is. It's a washing, it's a cleansing, it's putting water and cleaning. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, but not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What are these verses talking about? Well, it's talking about salvation, right? It's talking about Christ also suffered once for sins, right? That's the good news, that he suffered for our sins, the righteous being Christ, for the unrighteous, that's us, uh, that he might bring us to God being put uh, to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. And so then when he gets to baptism, baptism which corresponds to this and corresponds to uh, Noah and his family being safely brought through water, uh, baptism now saves you, but not as a removal of dirt. See, here in this passage, it's using baptism to mean salvation. Are you tracking with me? This makes sense. So as you're reading through scripture and you see things like this, 1 Corinthians 10 is another place where I think this tends to happen. Uh, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into this now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
Absolutely. Uh, so sacraments are also seals, which is where I was going to go next and talk about uh, the reality that's being sealed. Um, <laughs> yes, so uh, Pastor Kerr is absolutely right. Uh, it, does, it does point to, uh, I'm not going to disagree with that. He's the one that mentored, he's the one that mentored me all through the ordination process and dealing with the sacraments in that capacity, so I'm not going to, how do you disagree with that? Um, did you all hear that, uh, what he said? Good. Uh, I don't, yeah, did it register? That's a better question. That's, that's a better question. Um, so yeah, so we'll talk about them as, as seals now, right? So what does it mean that it's, I think we all kind of understand the concept of a sign, right, of what a sign is, but what does it mean that it's a seal, right? And think, think wax seal stamped down onto an ancient document or a scroll or something. Uh, what is, what is, how is the sacrament a seal? Yeah. Validation, yep. Uh, can you? Yeah, and authentication, absolutely. If, if it's got the signet ring of the king and it's stamped down on there, uh, what, is, what is in that document is uh, the truth. So yeah, and so uh, it being a seal, it points to the, the truth, to the reality of what is sealed inside. And so with baptism, it is the, the indwelling of a spirit, that it's when God has, has saved us, He's promised to give us his spirit, to give us his righteousness, and so we come to baptism as a, as a seal of that. It's looking to the spiritual reality um, that this physical sign is pointing us to. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm going to get lost in my language at some point this morning, I know. Um, so, yeah, so in that way, it's a seal as, as well. Uh, so then I'll, I'll ask you the question then. So how is, uh, how and what is the Lord's Supper. We've been talking about baptisms and what of what is uh, the Lord's Supper a sign and a seal? Are you going to answer? You're looking at me, Tim, like you're going to answer. <laughs> Thank you. That's very smiling, encouraging. I'll take that. That's wonderful. Okay, how about this then? Uh, we'll ask it. Okay, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I the the youth group's probably sick of this. We haven't done it in a while, but I play this game, Read Andrew's Mind, and I forget I forget to communicate that that's what we're playing. Um, so let me let me ask a different question to uh, to try to get what I'm getting to. Uh, what uh, what are the Old Testament predecessors to the sacraments? The Old Testament prede uh, circumcision for which one? Just to be clear, baptism. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, circumcision. Uh, and then what about the Lord's Supper? Passover. Absolutely. All right, so. Uh, what, uh, I'm trying to use the language of uh, the words of institution and how we, how we typically sense the table. Um, what uh, do we proclaim in the Lord's Supper? When we take the Lord's Supper, what are we proclaiming? His death until he comes again, 
right? Absolutely. Uh, and so how does uh, understanding that this came from Passover, right? And it was instituted at the Last Supper, which is a Passover meal. How does this help us understand the Lord's Supper better? How about that? <laughs> I think the the death of the lamb, absolutely, because Christ is the lamb, right? Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, does that does that help us get to what is what's the sign then, right? It's Let me, to go off of Steve's uh, comments there, what's the connection then uh, between the gospel and the sacraments, right? What's the connection? Uh, and, and in that way, they're kind of a visual gospel, right? We have the written word, it's a written gospel, and then we have this, this visual gospel, right? And I, I think that's a really beautiful thing, that it's not just, uh, we don't just come and we don't just hear the word, which is, is wonderful. I, like, I listen to a lot of sermons, uh, and I, I really enjoy listening to the word proclaimed, and I... Uh, one of my favorite passages in scripture is in Nehemiah where they just stand around reading the Bible all day because they haven't done it in generations. Uh, I think that's really moving. Um, but when we come to the sacraments, it's also a, a visual gospel, right? It's uh, a reminder of, of the truth of, of who Christ is and what he's done for us. And even as I was preparing for a baptism this morning, reading through our, our book of church order, there's a list of like 15 things that we're supposed to remind you of when we get to a baptism. It's like, tell them this and this and this. And I've never, if we were going to do that, we might as well just get rid of the sermon because that is the whole sermon. It would take that long to get through it all. But one of the things it says uh, to remind them that the waters of baptism is Christ's blood washing over us. Uh, and I had I'd never considered that before when I was reading before when I was reading uh, through the BCO. That was the first thing that kind of went, wait, I've got to gotta think about this one here, uh, right? But scripture is so clear about how we are, we are baptized with Christ and uh, united to him in his death, and so we'll be united to him in his resurrection. And so 
this, this washing of, of water, that's the Christ's blood washing over us. And I was just, kind of had this moment where I had to pause and go, wait, what is, uh, I'd, I'd never considered this before. So, um, yeah, so in that way, I uh, encourage you all to consider that when we get there this morning, uh, <laughs> later. Um, and so we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but I do want to get to this idea of the, the idea of the sacraments as, as fellowship, right? Uh, have you all thought of this before, this idea of fellowship in the sacraments, with the sacraments? Um, how does that idea strike you? What is, when, when you think of the term of fellowship as it applies to the sacraments, how does that uh, idea sit with you? What do you think of that? Yeah, Ronnie. Absolutely, we're, we're unified in Christ and we're all taking communion uh, together and uh, though, yes, we're separated by, by time and, and distance, certainly it's, uh, it's the church uh, coming together and all uh, partaking in this visual gospel and, and proclaiming the same thing, proclaiming Christ's death until he comes. I can share a story. Uh, I spent the summer of 2010 in Zambia, and one of the big questions a lot of the, the missionaries and uh, some of the, the local people that were being trained to be pastors and leaders in a church, one of the big questions they were asking is, when, when do we start taking communion? Uh, if we've gathered people together, and, and when can we start taking communion? And so that they could take it very seriously, they just were not. Many churches were just not taking uh, the Lord's Supper because this was a question that in that community they, they hadn't settled um, of, of when to begin. And so for a whole summer, I didn't, I didn't take communion. Uh, and I, I got to the end of the summer and I was, um, I was really desperate for it. I'd really missed it. And uh, one, I hope that you never miss it. And, and two, if you do, how sweet it is to, to come and then to fellowship with people at the table again when you finally get to uh, again. Uh, yeah, any other thoughts on, on this idea of, of fellowship and how we see it in the sacraments? Uh, Bill and then. 
absolutely. It's, uh, the sacraments are not private things. And there's a difference between small and private. Um, like if uh, someone is, is homebound or bedridden, um, let's take the church to them. And, you know, someone has a home, you can't fit everyone in that home, but let's take the church to them and with the wisdom of, of the elders uh, first, but with the wisdom of the elders, let's not have a, a private sacrament or a private ceremony, but let's take the church to those. Uh, yeah, there's a difference in, in small and private there. Frank, and then I'll... Here's the vow, and this is what, uh, what you all as a congregation will take uh, this morning. Do you as a congregation undertake the responsibility of assisting the parents in the Christian nurture of this child? And so, yeah, there's absolutely that, that communion there that this is, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Not that I would know yet, uh, uh, someday, hopefully. Um, but yeah, there's absolutely fellowship being baptized uh, into into the church, into the visible church. Yes. does, right? And in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 11, uh, a couple of things come to mind with that. First is that Paul says, when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper that you're eating. He's admonishing them for the, the bad way that they, they've been coming to the table, and some are feasting, and some are getting drunk, and some are starving, and it's just a bad situation in, in the church at Corinth. But there's just this underlying, when you come together, right? He's not saying, you're doing this individually, and that's wrong. He's that's, that's not even the thought. It's, no, this is being done together. Um, but yeah, but there is a, a correction and an oversight uh, that's, that's needed in it to, uh, for us to remember the truth and remember uh, that this, I'm going to say everything you just said badly, uh, and so I'm just going to stop. Uh, talk with her. She's real smart. Uh, I, like, I like her a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> And so uh, we are not quite at the end of our time, uh, but I did want to just, there's a real quick overview. Yeah, Tim, before we get to the next.
look, I had, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it does look, it does look forward. I think both of the sacraments look, um, look backwards and forwards, right? I think it certainly we are remembering Christ's death until he comes again, and we are looking forward uh, to that time when we can, we can eat and drink with Christ again. Absolutely, I think that points us uh, to it. Mm-hmm. It is, absolutely, yeah. So there's no that's fine that's a good that's a good question there is no no that's a good that's a good question so I think I think you're talking at Pentecost when the spirit comes and goes into all the people uh, yes and it's it's the same God right there's not different gods in all of us there's only there's only one God and uh, he is so good and gracious to us we can't we can't go to him we can't do enough be good enough uh, have any part of us that's that's good enough to to get to him? So Christ came down and, and dwelt among us. He had a he had a body. He died. He was born again, and through that that amazing and awesome work, after he's resurrected, he sends his his spirit. Right. So God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Uh, he sends his spirit to us uh, to kind of pick up the work where Christ left off. Right, so Christ doesn't leave us on our own, and it's not like a substitute, right? Like uh, Tom Brady, right? Uh, if Tom Brady gets hurt and you put the backup in, everyone kind of goes, Ugh, uh, right? Because it's Tom Brady, and why would you want anyone else in? Um, that's not how we're supposed to think about the Spirit. The Spirit is, uh, Christ says, it's good that I go, because if I don't go, then the Spirit won't come. And so it's, it's the one same spirit who's, who's working in us, and that's another way that we're united, is that we are united in Christ through his spirit, right? And so, no, it's not different gods. It's not, it's all different or anything like that. It's um, same, same God. Yeah, there's only, there's only one, one God, yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> And, and if, if you ever figure out how not to, Teresa, come and tell me, because uh, I, uh, I would love to know the secret to that. No, that's fine. I'm glad we could, we could deal with that. Um, and so, yeah, just, uh, that's actually what I was going to do next, was just kind of open it up for questions. That's kind of, we've kind of done a very basic overview of, of the sacraments, signs and seals uh, of the covenant of grace, what they point to, how we fellowship with them and through them. I also thought it might be a good chance, just if you, if you all have questions, uh, I might uh, put Pastor Kerr on the spot, and we can, we can tag team some of, some of the questions if there are. But are there questions about the sacraments, questions about the Lord's Supper or baptism? And uh, all right, Pastor Kerr.
That's yeah. That's a great question, everybody. How does baptism point forward? <laughs> yeah, Steve. I can't even fathom, right? I can't fathom what it would be like to be uh, without uh, sin being washed wholly and completely. And uh, I think that's a humbling thing to consider that Christ has, uh, has given us baptism, that God's given us baptism to, to look forward to that too. 
Any other thoughts? Any other questions on on the sacraments? Uh, just a chance. Anything, even if we haven't touched on it uh, yet. Uh, I thought it might be a, a good chance, especially as we get to do both today. We get to see a baptism and uh, and come to the table today as well. Yeah, David, go. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. In in many ways it is, and in uh, a very humbling way, too. Uh, how wonderful it is that uh, that maybe we understand that is the beginning, perhaps. But God's been uh, organizing and orchestrating. Uh, before we were born. And we should be in it. Yeah. No, it is, it is absolute. That's, that's perhaps a, an element we haven't touched on of, of the sacraments and how they offer us assurance too, right? Um, in fact, one of my, a uh, couple of weeks, sorry, John, I'll let you get back to it in a second. Um, a couple of weeks ago uh, in the sermon, I quoted uh, a catechism question that's one of my favorites. May one who uh, doubts of his being in Christ or his due preparation uh, come to the table. Can someone do that? Um, and in the answer, it says, uh, yeah, you, you should, basically. If you have made a public proclamation of your faith and you belong to Christ, uh, come to the faith. Bewail, come to the table. Bewail your unbelief. Uh, labor to have your doubts removed and, and use that as a chance to be assured of your faith, basically. And so it's one of the things that I, I really love about the sacraments is that it gives us uh, a picture of assurance. It gives us
shorter tail. Jaws. said a lot of very good things <laughs> in that. Was there a, qu you said there was a question and I missed it. <laughs> a little bit of one, yeah. Okay. forbidden. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff there. Uh, um, first, I would start with uh, John six, right? That's where the Christ says, "Unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, um, you have no part in the kingdom of God." Uh, my my take on that, uh, and it's been a while 
but I wrote a paper on that one in uh, seminary, actually. And if I can recall, I think I came away pretty well convinced Christ is not talking about the sacrament at that point. Uh, he hasn't instituted it um, that early in John, but he's talking, um, one, because it comes after uh, one of the feeding miracles, right? And so he, he is kind of uh, condemning those people for, you just want to be fed, you want to see a sign, you, you aren't actually listening to what I'm saying. You're not understanding the scriptures, you're not listening to what I'm saying. You just are, are thinking of me as the Messiah that you want, uh, with with these, we talk about messianic expectations all the time. So Christ is, I think, um, shocking them into listening. Partly, like you've you've had your fill of bread, right? In in the miracle. Um, I, so I think part of part of that he's shocking them and saying, uh, listen to me, read scripture, read what scripture says about me. I think that passage is more about that than than the sacrament, if that makes sense. Um, so how does all of the rest of the feedings fit together? Uh, that's a great question. Um, and that is a systematic theologian question, uh, that we don't have time to answer in the next five minutes or so. Um, I'd, let's talk more about that. <laughs> um, I don't know if Matthew, uh, if you have any thoughts on that, I can put you on the spot. You've been putting me, you've been putting me on the spot yeah, with this.
Thank you all. <laughs> thank you all. Uh, yeah, it is time for us to close. Uh, good words. Um, thank you all for participating. Uh, let's pray. Uh, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, these signs and seals. We thank you for these visible gospels that we can come and, uh, and know you. We can come and, and believe you and be united to you and united to each other. Father, thank you for the grace that you work uh, to us through the sacraments. Uh, Father, as uh, we've already pointed out, it's a humbling thing. It's very, very humbling uh, to know what Christ has done for us and how he died and rose again and has given us his righteousness. That is a truly humbling thing, and that is uh, what we remember. It's what we remember when we come uh, to baptism and come to the table. So, Father, would you work in us uh, through faith? Would you strengthen us as we see a baptism and come to the table after the service? Lord, would you work in, work in us through those things? Thank you for giving them to us. Thank you for Christ. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.